Hello, my name is Josh, and welcome to a jam-packed episode of a Conversation with Jamie's podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. So Jamie's out of town this week, but in lieu of rap songs, we have on a special guest. Please welcome VFX artist Elena C. Scott. Say hi, Elena. Hi. Two of us will be talking about everything from everything that dropped at Disney's D23 Expo to the newest episode of She-Hulk and much more. Also, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email about anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, we're at conversationwithtwogeeks at gmail.com. You can find our back catalog on Spotify, a podcast, Google Podcasts, or a podcast are listening to. Also, welcome to a Conversation with Two Geeks, Elena. So, Lovely to have you. Um, tell us, tell the audience about yourself and how are you doing today? Hi. Okay. So I'm doing pretty good. I am in the state of Maine visiting my mom. Um, she and I had not seen each other since uh, basically for three years, like just before oh. the pandemic started. So, oh, Lord. Yeah. So I'm doing good. Um, I. It's funny. I was laid off from my job at Zote Studios on, I want to say December, or no, sorry, September 2nd. And I was just about to go on vacation with my husband to Big Bear. And when we got to Big Bear, I had secured another job. So I'm doing great. I'm super happy for you. And like, thank I'm you. Just, I'm just like, okay, okay. You're, 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 you're secure now. Okay. Good. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I was worried for a second. But yeah, no, um, for a little bit of context, Elena has worked on a ton of stuff from ranging from everything involved with the MCU to some of the CWDC shows to like video games. Jesus, like when I was looking at your IMDb, well, not really your IMDb, but like your personal website and stuff and looked at how much uh, how much stuff you've worked on. It is insane and incredible. And like, I'm a fan of some of that stuff. So I have to thank you. Oh yeah. My, 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 yeah, it's been really, really fun. I, in fact, it was funny. I looked at my LinkedIn the other day and it had 43 entries. I was like, God, I've worked at a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. And like, it's, it's insane. And I'll, we'll get in more about that later. Cause there is an interview portion that like, I do have some like questions about the industry and stuff. Mm-hmm. But again, when it comes to me and novice, like when it comes to visual effects, I'm just like, uh, just, do what you got to do because like it's the same thing with like animation where basically mm-hmm. like i don't know like like i can't draw like i can't right. draw, and like my family doesn't know how to draw and stuff and like it's a whole thing but like and like so i just leave it to the experts <laughs> and stuff but seriously like um and i will be leaving a link down to her um, profile and stuff to like oh cool so, like how much stuff that you hello how much stuff okay. that you've worked on and stuff so yeah no it's it's insane but anyways, we got a lot of stuff we need to get through because last week was Disney's C23 Expo where yes. they pretty much showed pretty much, every, uh, well, pretty much everything Disney related. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing we got is the official trailer to The Little Mermaid. Synopsis reads, uh, The Little Mermaid is the beloved story of Ariel, a beautiful and spiritual young mermaid with her short adventure, the youngest of King Trenton's daughters and the most defiant Ariel longs to find out more about the world beyond the sea, and while visiting the service hall for the dashing Prince Eric, while mermaids are forbidden to interact with humans, Eric must follow her heart. She must, she makes a deal with the evil sea witch Ursula, which gives her a chance to experience life on land, but ultimately places her life and her father's crown in jeopardy. Directed by Chicago director Rob Marshall and written by Dean McGee of Finding Neverland and Life of High Fame, the film stars Haley, Haley, Haley Bear, Bailey, as Ariel. Woman. <laughs> I'm just trying not to mess the name up. Yeah. Haley Berry uh, as Ariel. David Diggs is the voice of Sebastian. Jacob, uh, Jacob Tremblay 
as the voice of Flander, Aquafina as the voice of Scuttle, Jonah Hayer King as Prince Eric, Art Malik as Sir Gimsby, Noah Dim. I'm going to butcher the same apologies in advance. Uh, <laughs> Dim Uwindi as Queen Selena, with Javier Bardet Dim as King Trident, and Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, the first release on May 23rd, 2023. So, this trailer, um, Haley has some. I, I just. She has she's stunning. Some, yeah, she's, she's stunning. stunning. She's stunning, and also just like her voice, like holy. Yeah, shit. her voice is incredible. Like, like, I just, yeah, yeah. You, people you, need to shut up. Like the Disney people know what they're doing when they're casting people, so maybe just shut up and just you know enjoy it. Like people yeah. just can't enjoy things. Yeah, and um, and I, uh, I just, uh, I can't believe I have to say this again, but um, just, racism. Yes, <laughs> rampant. I, in the, yeah. I'll say it for you. Yeah, no, that? no, no, no. I, I, I got it. I'm, I'm just at this point. I'm just like uh, you guys can't see me because this is a recording. Yeah. But uh, I, I got a water bottle. And I'm smacking on my head and to them. Yeah, uh, I'm tired. Of, like, not gonna lie, and uh, and I don't usually promote violence and anything. And, no, but, uh, just uh, very upsetting. I'm only people in the first. Because it seems like whatever goddamn thing, especially in the cast of POC, it's like they get shit and I'm just, uh, I'm sick of it. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I need to get that out of the way before I talk about this. Um, as for the trailer itself, it does look cool. I'm usually I'm usually hit or miss with the Disney remakes, but like I, the, the, the chops. Yeah. The, the thing in chops alone. It's like, okay, I'll maybe buy a ticket. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, th- this movie, you know, I never really questioned that it was going to be any good. I mean, I'm kind of, you know, hot and cold on their remakes as well, but I think this looks stunning. I'm very excited for it. And I, I saw this in the theater when I was a kid, like I'm that old. So mm. <laughs> I saw it when it came out um, in 1988, I think, or 89. I think I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I saw, I think I made my parents take me to it like five or six times. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like my favorite movie, you know, um, I've no, you know, I, I remember I had one birthday where we went to a place where they would sing to you and I had them sing me little mermaid songs for my birthday. <laughs> so I am definitely excited for this movie. I think it's beautiful and I think people are going to love it. So they just yeah. need to believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely, definitely. And yeah, no, I, I hope for the best for this film, but yeah, no, they, they just, they, they also just need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. 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 Anyways, anyways, moving on. Uh, during Pixar's presentation at D23, we got some announcements on a few upcoming projects. The first was for the film Elemental, an all-new original feature film from filmmakers Pierre Somme and Denise Rome, with the film being set in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. We also got a first look at the two leads, Ember, voiced by Leanne Lewis, a tough hand, fiery young woman, and Wei, played by, uh, voiced, yeah, voiced by Majumu Adi a fun, sappy, go-with-the-flow guy. The second announcement was that Pixar announced that they will be doing their first full-length feature, uh, full-length series on Disney Plus titled Win or Lose. The series will follow uh, the Pickles, a co-ed middle school softball team in the week leading up to their championship game, which each episode taking place that same week, highlighting the different perspectives of a different main characters, players, their parents, the Empire... Uh, each reflected in a unique visual style. Will Forte will be uh, will voice the role of Coach Dan in the series, which is set to start on Disney Plus on Disney Plus next fall. Uh, the third announcement comes from director 
uh, Adrian Molina and producer Mary Alice Drum, who presented their upcoming film, Aaliyah, which is set to come out next spring. In the film, 11-year-old artistic dreamer Aaliyah gets beamed in the space and gets sub- and gets mistaken for an intergalactic ambassador for Earth. And finally, we got announced for the sequel to the 2015 film Inside Out 2, currently titled Inside Out 2, with the film currently in works for a summer 2024 release date, with, and Amy Poehler set to return as the voice of Joe Joy. As for the story, the film will focus on a now teenage Riley, who may or may not be feeling all kinds of new emotions. That's going to be cool. Yeah. So That's going to be really fun. <laughs> All of this honestly sounds really cool. I'm really excited for the first full length series because mm-hmm. that sounds interesting, and that sounds interesting. And I don't think Pixar has done a full length series unless we count unless we count uh, Buzz Lightyear Space Command. Right, but this is probably the most you know the most like original new thing they've done as a series. So this this is them dip- dipping their toes into you know um, serialized mm-hmm. storytelling, which is really exciting. Yeah. And then, um, and then obviously um, the Elo one just sounds just sounds hilarious. Yeah. It just sounds like he gets mistaken for an intergalactic ambassador for Earth. <laughs> and then Inside Out. Okay, a curious thing with Inside Out, and I didn't necessarily report it on this, but apparently there was a report, and I trust the source, but like, apparently Bill Hader and mainly Kaylee are coming back with this one. They're not coming back? Apparently they aren't. Like, there was a report coming out um, and this is coming from someone that's worked in the industry and stuff. Apparently, they are coming back because, like, uh, they aren't getting paid. What? I not so paid I, what they not pay, paid what they think they deserve, or <laughs> I think it's what I think is what they deserve. Like they offer them. I think the mouse offered them some some cash. I think they off, offered them some cash, but then like they were like no, because obviously you know within the last decade, it's been like seven years. It's, okay. No, it's been maybe might have been. Was it 2015 it came out? 20, 2015. So yeah, it's been yeah, like seven years. Wow. So they've like yeah. increased. Yeah. Increased. I mean, that's just of- normal. That's normal with contract negotiations. So the mouse should not have been shocked. And it's not like the mouse doesn't have the money. Yeah, they have yeah. made back almost all of their money ever since they opened the parks up again, which let's face it, that is their main moneymaker. I don't think people realize that, but like, yeah, yeah. The, the films, those are not the main moneymaker. It's the parks. <laughs> yeah. My, my one thing about this is that from what I've also heard, and again, I might leave a link to this. I might not. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently also Amy Poehler was being paid $5 million. Whoa. Well, good for her. Yeah. Usually like, women good... aren't paid as much as men. So yeah, no, good for her. It's just, I don't know. I don't like the slide. I, I just feel weird about the signing of Mindy Kaling and Bill Hader, who I think should be paid as much. For sure. Yeah, I mean, they are part of the core cast. Yeah, and so very sad to f- think that Mindy won't be back because she was fucking great in it. Oh, yeah, no, she was great. I loved her. I loved her character. I mean, so. Mindy has established the kind of valley girl stuck up, <laughs> disgusted, you know, trope for TV for like the last 15 years, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's just yeah. disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. But either way, I'm very curious and also like, Maybe not, maybe uh, it may or may not be feeling new type of emotions. That right. can go into a couple directions, mm-hmm. in which I don't feel at liberty at say, but like I feel like we've been kind of getting a hint at that. Yeah. And like turning red, I'm thinking about mm-hmm. the third scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love turning red. <laughs> I love turning red. I love turning red as well. But yeah. Um, 
Anyways, moving on to our next topic. Uh, we got a teaser trailer for season three of The Mandalorian. The new yes. season is set to start streaming in 2023. Um, so personally, I like to call this show The Adventures of Mando and Son. Oh, I love it. I love it so much because I, I feel a personal connection to this story because my biological father basically let, like ditched me when I was about two years old. So my father, the person I call my father, married my mom when I was three, and he's been my father for 41 years. And mm. I'm not blood related to him, but like everybody in his family accepts me as their, you know, blood. And like mm. I, mo- besides my mother and a few cousins, like almost my whole family is comprised of people who chose me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I love the fact that he chooses this this little child. <laughs> to be his child, you know, like I absolutely love this show, not just because of that story element and the themes, but I feel like out of all the Star Wars shows, this is the best one. It has the best storytelling, the best writing, the best mm-hmm. shot work, like everything about it is, I just love, I love, yeah. love, love it. Yeah, <laughs> so no, I'm very I, excited. I, I love this show as well. And like, and yeah, that that's pretty much for me. Cause like, and like, and like the last bit of the trailer, like when they're going to be like hyperspace and like Mando just has him in his arm while he's quiet. Yes. And uh, I'm just like, oh my God. I know. I'm like, oh my God. Uh. And then you know that it's Pedro Pascal under that helmet and it makes yes. you feel even warmer and fuzzier. Yeah. And, and it's just like, wow, you have made, and like also, I'm just going to say this for Pedro. He has pretty much made an ownership of that role between yes. this and like, and his role now in the last of us series yes like, he's a he, daddy he is he's a hot dad hot dad yeah no he, he is a dad. he's a he, dilf <laughs> you know the milf he's a dilf <laughs> sorry no no you're okay you're okay i'm not <laughs> yeah that, i'm like you're like i didn't want to say it <laughs> yeah no no but yeah no i'm i'm excited i can't wait I can't wait till next year, essentially. And like, yeah, yeah. Um, just give us this now. I want it now. I want it now. Put it in my veins. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, moving on to, the, to our next topic. We finally got an official trailer for Werewolf by Night. Via Disney Plus, the synopsis reads, on a dark and somber night, a secret cabal of monster hunters emerge from the shadows and gather at the foreboding Bloodstone Temple following the death of their leader. In a strange and macabre memorial to the leader's life, the attendees are thrust into a mysterious and deadly competition for a powerful relic, a hunt that will ultimately bring them face to face with a dangerous monster directed by composer Michael Giacchino, who in addition to doing all the score, including the scores for all three MCU Spider-Man movies, uh, has done the score for all three J.J. Abrams directed such produced Star Trek movies, 2015's Inside Out, Jurassic World, and its sequels, as well as most recently the scores for for Thor Love and Thunder and the Batman and for those also wondering, yes, he will be composing this as well. The special is set to star Gail Garcia Bernal and Laura Donnelly. Uh, the Halloween special is set to drop on Disney Plus October 7th. So I have a little insider trait, insider information on this because a uh, company I was working for was working on it. And what I think is really cool is that they're relying mostly on practical effects. Mm. The, the, you know, I think there may be a little bit of CG in the trans, you know, him or whoever it is transitioning into the wolf, Mm -hmm. but they are using a suit and they're trying to go very, very practical with it, which I think will be really cool. And people will appreciate that because I know there's people out there sick and tired of everything being CG. Okay, I get it. (laughs) But that's going to be cool for them. (laughs) I'm, 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 and like here, and I, I may have heard about that, 
um, as well from certain other people. But yeah, no, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very much. Um, but now officially hearing that, uh, yes. officially hearing that now makes me just like, mm, I'm, I'm loving this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Also, I am deeply wondering if Blade's going to be making a cameo because I've been hearing mixed rumors about that. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them. That's what Marvel's the best at, the, you know, laying Easter eggs and, and little foreshadowings of other things coming up. So if, if that's a rumor, I bet it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, it's just like, this looks like, you know what this kind of reminded me of? Grindhouse. The trailers in Grindhouse. Mm, yeah. Or like just, just the old um, Universal Monster movies too from the 30s and 40s. Like they're definitely trying to go for that look mm-hmm. of just like, Mm-hmm. you know old newsreels and so it looks fun it's gonna yeah. be a fun little halloween event yeah yeah no and the fact that we're getting this in less than a month i know is, is insane and like i'm just like god damn god damn yeah anyways i'm um, moving on to another marvel thing uh we got an official trailer for secret invasion the synopsis mm-hmm. reads based off the crossover event series of the same name secret invasion follows nick fury played by samuel jackson and talos played by ben Mendelssohn as they deal with a fraction of shape-shifting scrolls who have been infiltrating Earth for years, created by Mr. Robot writer Kyle Bradstreet, along uh, and along with Jackson and Mendelssohn, the series is set to star Olivia Coleman, Amelia Clark, and King uh, Kingsley Benadir with Don Cheadle, Martin Freeman, and Colby Smullers all reprising their roles as James Rode- as James Brody awesome. Rhodes, aka Worm Machine. Everett Ross, Emory Hill, respectively. The six-episode series is set to be released early next year on Disney Plus. Um, so this, I here's the thing: I was kind of expecting a bit more of a darker tone and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this—they're really going like, like full blown into the espionage. Yeah, me. that's what I loved it. I almost felt like it was Marvel's take on like uh 007 ish kind of except it's about aliens you know but i love that it's all about spying and espionage and it's going to be i know my husband's like he could have a phd in comics like he knows mm. all the comics and so he was explaining to me like what phase i guess five this is what this kind of leading into because we're already in phase four right now right yeah i believe phase four. yeah this is phase. this is leading up to what the next um secret wars is going to be about yeah. So they're leading, they're leading up and starting to lay the breadcrumbs for Secret Wars, which is going to be the next Avengers esque, you yeah. know, multi-teamed, mm-hmm. you know, giant cast extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, and I believe this is going to be part of the Phase Five lineup. The Phase Four ends with Wakanda Forever, which comes out in November, mm-hmm. and then I believe, I believe Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumanium is the full start to. It is full start to that. So either way, right. either way, it's part of phase five. But yeah, no, I'm I'm very much curious about this. And also, like as someone that is a big, huge fan of Mr. Robot, I can definitely mm-hmm. tell like some of the vibes and stuff. Cause yeah, Mr. Robot was. Did you ever watch Mr. Robot? I'm just curious. Oh, did, yeah, I did. I didn't finish the series. I watched I watched the first two seasons though. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure why I stopped watching it. It could have been because my husband was not interested or something. I don't know. There's just so much TV out there to watch that it's just hard to keep up. <laughs> that, that's fair. I do recommend finishing it though, because it's probably like one of the best underrated shows of the last decade. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely try to finish it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And like, yeah, no. But yeah, no, I'm very curious about this one. And yeah, no, just this looks insane. But anyways, moving on to our next topic. According to Deadline, The Goonies, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Everything Everywhere All at One star, Kihi Kwan, has been cast in the second season of the Marvel drama series Loki. The cast was announced. <laughs> yes, yes, yay. Yay indeed. 
Yay. He's so freaking great in that movie. I just, I was so happy for him because he has been basically out of the mix for like decades, Mm -hmm. basically. And his first big role back, he just, he should get an Oscar. They Mm -hmm. should both get Oscars. Like, he was so good. Definitely. Uh, The casting was announced by Maro Boss from Fight, but he didn't disclose character details. However, in the exclusive footage that was released at D23, it appears that the actor will be playing a librarian of sorts. So, but yeah, no, um, all that you said about him getting an Oscar, I, I, I thousand percent support that. And like, he better be nominated this year. And yeah. like, I just, I, I, God, I'm so happy he's back. I'm so happy yeah, he's me back. Too. He deserves it. Also, by the way, did you see the picture with him and Indy? And, no. Uh, it was him, it was him and Harrison Ford. Oh my God. Is he Wait. gonna be in the new movie? No, 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 no. It was at D23. Oh. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't see it. Oh, you haven't? I know. I'll I, look at it later. Yeah, no, no. It's like <laughs> him and like Harrison. They're smiling together. And I was like, "Did you have a little a little cry?" I may have, have had. A, I, I may have had a little cry, or it might have been how like Amon Valani was like when like when she like saw Harrison Ford for the first time. Yeah. And and and, and like and but Brie Larson like holding her back. Aww. <laughs> just, well, but yeah no um but yeah no i'm, I'm just, yeah but yeah no, I'm, I'm excited for this casting and i can't wait to see him um in the in the series in loki and stuff so yeah anyway mm-hmm. moving on to our next topic uh via variety during marvel's d23 expo the cast was revealed for captain america 4 captain america new world order which is set to star Anthony mackie as sam wilson aka captain america and be written by a falcon and falcon and the winner soldier showrunner and writer malcolm Hellman and dylan Assumes what directing do you use going to Julian Ona? I believe Ona. Uh, described as a paranoid thriller, the cast is set to include Dane Ramirez and Carl Lembley, who both appeared in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series as Joaquin Torres and Isaiah Bradley, respectively. In addition, the cast is also set to include Sheer Hahas as Sabar, an Israeli superhero, and Tim Blake Nelson reprising his role as Sam- Samuel Stearns, aka the leader from The Incredible Hulk. So this is interesting because I uh, this this is very interesting because I was not ex- I have a feeling we're gonna probably get a lot of Hulk stuff. Yeah, between I like, think so too. Mm-hmm. Between I mean, now- they must have figured out a way to like streamline the process because the Hulk stuff in She Hulk looks immaculate, just like mm-hmm. it's in the films, and they must have a, a really good system and pipeline built out for it. Like whichever mm-hmm. vendor is actually going to do the effects because they're and they might because they bought Fox, they actually own the rights to um Hulk again to do like Hulk well, standalone things. Well, so no, Hulk is universal. Oh is he? Oh God, okay. But they must be doing something I, I feel like they're definitely going to use the Hulk again. I get, I just don't think they keep, I guess if it's universal, then they can't outright do standalone Hulk, but they're going to put Hulk in every, a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I, 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 well, I think also, cause I, there's this thing going around or basically like, I think it was an SEC holding or something or something from that. We're basically like in like next year, the rights. Oh, okay. Nice. Don't quote me on that. So, but, but that'd uh, be right. that'd be amazing if they know that that's coming, and so they're laying the groundwork for an, for a, a standalone Hulk movie. So that yeah, would be no. cool. Yeah, no, and that definitely and stuff. And like I'm, yeah, no, because I was not expecting like um, Tim Blake Nelson to be back. Yeah, um, and just like okay, wow, we really are doing Hulk, and also it just makes it makes me wonder on a few theories on She Hulk, which we'll touch on later. But like, I am very curious about who is that. 
a certain character on there. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, I will tell you this. I am a week behind on She-Hulk. So let's, I mean, go ahead and talk about it because it doesn't matter, but I just, Mm -hmm. I won't probably won't be able to comment because I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, no, no. And honestly, I will say at least up front, uh, this week was a bit more, um, was a bit more standalone, but like it didn't mm. lead to any any major stuff. So yeah. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, but yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on to our next, our second to last topic, actually, we, uh, via THR, the cast and character lineup for Marvel's Thunderbolts was revealed during Marvel's D23 presentation with Florence Pugh, Yelena Belova, Sebastian Sands, Bucky Barnes, aka the Winter Soldier, uh, David harbors uh red yes Guardian. i'm so excited for this Wyatt, Rus- <laughs> Wyatt russell's u.s agent uh hannah john cayman's ghost uh ogla currently task ogla uh currently goes taskmaster and julia louis streifus uh, Val- uh valentina allegra de fontaine all said to be part of the super team during the presentation marvel studios overlord and honcho boss kevin feige quipped it tells you a lot about the team when beloved when Beloved Winter Soldier is the most stable among them. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. I, I, you know, everyone was complaining about this team, but like, what? I'm digging it. Uh, apparently, no, I, some people don't like this line. I, uh, I, who cares? You know what? I've, I've come to realize, Josh, that there are people out there who are incapable of feeling happy or excited about anything. And the only thing that gives them a rush of dopamine is to hate on things. Yes. So they can go ahead and hate on it. But the majority of people are thrilled. If you, How could you not be excited to see Florence Pugh as Elena again? How could yeah. you not be excited to see Bucky and David Harbour as Red Guardian? Yes. God, amazing. And that whole like Black Widow was one of my favorite Marvel movies now. Like, how can you not be excited about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for Yelena. And, like, I'm... Considering in the comics, Yelena and... Well, not Yelena, but Black Widow and uh, Winter and Bucky. I think this was with Natasha, but they might change it. Uh, yeah. Do you get together and, like... Yeah. And like so they might it. have Yelena do it. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, David Harbour. <laughs> I can see David Harbour regarding giving Bucky, like, the talk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd like to stay away from my daughter. <laughs> She's not your real daughter. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, no. And also, like, um, and I know some people, and, like, honestly, I did not mind this reveal in the movie, but, like, I know some people did not like the Taskmaster reveal. Um, but I will say this. It has been, like, between the time the Black Widow came, between timeline and when, when Black Widow takes place, yeah. and the events of, like, um, obviously, our current-day MCU... Like it's been a couple of years, and they yeah. obviously could like rectify and like change up the personality. To, I think a lot of people didn't like the that the character wasn't quippy enough. Apparently, which that's character? Taskmaster. Taskmaster. I mean, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I honestly didn't mind it, but apparently, some people really didn't like it. And some, and I get that. Like in the comics, he's kind of a quipster on like the on like the level of Deadpool, and they thought that like it was akin to like what they did with. X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is a movie that I have completely blanked from my memory. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they changed a lot of things. Wasn't Taskmaster originally a guy? Like, they made it one of the Red Widows, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so just no, shut up, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, shut, again, shut the fuck up, people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on and moving on to our final topic, which is actually something non MCU related or Disney related. Uh, we got an official trailer for the Fablemans. Uh, 
The synopsis hmm. reads, growing up in post-World War II era Arizona, a young man named Sammy Fableman, played by newcomer Gabriel LaBelle, discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of films can help him see the truth. Loosely based off his own life, the film is directed by Steven Spielberg, with Spielberg co-writing the script, making this the fourth time in his career to do so with his previous films that he's written, being 1977's Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1982's Culture Guys, and 2001's uh, AI Artificial Intelligence with West Side Story, Lincoln and Munich screenwriter Tony Kushner. And alongside LaBelle, the film stars Paul Dano, Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, Jude Hirsch, uh, Judd Hirsch, and Julia Butters. The film is slated to be released in select theaters on November 11th with the film set for a wide release on November 23rd. So this is going to be one of three movies that's going to make me freaking cry this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the second one, um, and I won't give anything away on like why it made me cry, but uh, Clerks 3. Mm. And the third movie is going to be uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Like every time I see that goddamn trailer, I'm just like... You, you know I worked on that, right? I can't yeah. say anything, but like... I am very excited to see. I want to see, like, just selfishly how much of my previous work was kept or changed. But, like, I think people, I've read the script and uh, people are going to love it. And that's all I'm going to say. Thank <laughs> I'm, you. I'm under NDA. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Because I, I, <laughs> I, I, I would have been very much be like, you say anything. No, 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 no. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, anything. No. I, yeah, no. I'm like, I'm avoiding, I'm avoiding stuff for that one. But yeah, no. Like, um, yeah, but yeah, no. This movie just, made me cry and stuff and like I just and also like um because this movie's also just premiered at TIFF which um look I, I know some people at TIFF that probably have seen this movie I'm not mm-hmm. gonna ask um but like it's been getting rave reviews at TIFF and like I saw a little bit of the um Q&A afterwards and why mm-hmm. Spielberg did this movie and like and like he, I think also just with everything going on in the world right now and you know yeah COVID and stuff Forced him to realize, look, I probably should tell my story. Yeah. Before. Like, oh, somebody... so is this like, a, is this an autobiography? Yeah, it's in my, it's in my autobiography. Oh, how cool! Yeah, I mean, he's just such a master storyteller. Like, I, I'm super excited. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a Spielberg movie I didn't like. Yeah, and yeah. There's many that I absolutely adore, and Jaws is like my favorite movie of all time. You know, so. Yeah, no, this, definitely this, excited. Spielberg is probably my. Like, it, it is my favorite director of all time. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, this movie um, obviously just got me in the waterworks and stuff. And, like, yeah. I'm, I'm just, this one, and, like, the, also the line, like, if you don't, if, if you stop doing this, you'll break your mother's heart. I just, I, I started sobbing a little Aww. bit. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, but obviously, like, I'm super excited for this movie. Um, to those who have seen it in a tip, I may or may not be exclusively jealous at you. <laughs> and that's coming out this year and this is coming out in november oh cool so it, like again we got less than two months but like to those who were able to see it in a tiff yeah y'all 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 are lucky so yeah um so anyway moving on to our recommendations for the week um so uh we got uh she hulk uh episode five of she hulk now again um the way we're gonna i won't give too much away but like i did watch she uh episode five of she hulk overall i dug it um, it was extremely fun to see Jamil Jamali uh, just be such a horrible person, especially in contrast <laughs> yeah. to her role on The Good Place. 
Well, and I mean, in, in real life, she's such a kind person. I mean, she mm-hmm. created this I weigh movement on Instagram to help people not feel so bad about themselves when they're looking at all of these photoshopped and tweet photos of these perfect bot you know what I mean like mm-hmm. she's a really good person so it is fun to see her and I was sad because like they th- she's in the pilot episode but then like three episodes on like what what happened to Titania I want to see you know so it's good to hear she's coming back yeah yeah I know in addition I love uh, yeah and also speaking of characters that because you know, like this is the episode where like characters that were like definitely in the marketing and stuff were all like now present Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, we also kind of got to hang out with uh, Renee Elias Goldberry. Eliza! And like, and I really liked her interaction. I really liked her chemistry with um, Tatiana Laney and stuff. And also mm. Pug and Nikki are just awesome friends. Yeah. And and at the end, um, at the end of the episode, again, I'm not going to give too much away, but at the end of the episode, we do see a certain mask for a certain uh, for pretty much a costume hero that we know is pretty much coming if you've seen the marketing. Yeah. But overall, I, I got this episode. And yeah, um, but at the same time, although a part of me is wondering. And again, I love the show. I really, I really am digging the show because it does feel like, like the more and more we go on with the show, the more it does actually feel like a week to week lawyer show. Yeah. And it's also dead nets on from the comic. I mean, the comic mm-hmm. is fourth wall break. I mean, she did that fourth wall breaking thing before Deadpool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's, you know, they're, they're nailing the character just in the, the, the structure of the story. And then I, I worked, was working a digital domain last year when they were still doing the VFX for the show. And I was looking through the dailies of the show and I was just fucking stunned at how good it looked. And like, obviously I couldn't go online and tell everybody, but I would like text my friends and be like, it looks so good. You guys, <laughs> like, I don't know what people are complaining about if they've got like motion smoothing on or something, but like they're, they're doing a technique where they use facial animation as well as a projected, um, uh, what do they call that? Um, where they can map somebody else's face on you. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? I know. Yeah, I, I, I think, I, I think I do. I can't remember what it's called. It'll probably come to me later, but yeah. uh, deep fakes, they deep fake as well as facial. Energy. So like they're doing this really interesting technique that just makes it look so photo real. And obviously like there's only so much you can do with mocap mm-hmm. and, you know, having worked in visual effects for a really long time. I know that these mocap takes are just the start, but then the, the client will edit and edit and edit. So like, it's amazing. It came out as good as it did because the actual process of making these things can be very messy. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, no, like the visual effects, I think overall have been just impressive. And like, yeah. And like, I, they, they, they made you clap to the visual effects scene because, um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And just, yeah. But overall, I'm digging the show. Uh, I, I do wonder which episode Daredevil is actually coming in because we got like, I think three more episodes left after this. Yeah, I knew they were going to put Daredevil in it as well because she's basically, she hooks up with um, Matt in the comics. So that made yeah. sense that he was going to come in. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure like, what, what episode? Well, and again, I'm not like saying like, not overtly like, like being like, what episode, what episode is coming in? But yeah, no, I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. very curious you on, yeah. how, on how this goes and stuff. And yeah, no, I'm doing the show. Yeah. Um, moving on to, um, so I also watched, um, I finally got around to the first three episodes of Lord of the Rings, Amazon's Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Um, overall, I think this series is very good so far. Amazon has definitely spent a very pretty penny on this. Yes, very- it looks 
I love it. I love the writing. I love the visual effects, the acting. Like I am a hundred percent, like I will, I will admit to being a little bit suspicious at first. Like, what are they going to do with like, how are they spending this much money on a TV show? Mm. But you can see it. You can see it. It's, 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 it's as if you had um, Peter Jackson, you know, making a movie, but 10 episodes, 10 movies, you know what I mean? Like they put that much. And then the fact that like, almost all of the orc stuff is practically done. So, you know, the Weta workshop basically was on overdrive for yeah, the yeah. series. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and it's probably been working on it for longer than it was even announced. So yeah, yeah, it's just very impressive. Definitely, definitely. And in terms of story, yeah, and definitely just visually and stuff, and it's impressive. And so in terms of the story and character style, it is interesting. However, I'm going to admit this right now. I have one nitpick with the series. Okay. Um, well, I like some of the characters. I think young Gladriel and young Elrond, as well as uh, there's a few other characters. I really need to look up some of, this, some of these names um, are my favorites. I feel like with like the heavy amount of characters, I can't like I know I get to know them, but like I don't feel like I get to know them. Kind of like how we got to know yeah. Bilbo and Frodo. Now, also full blown sure on my end. A part of this comes from my own history with the franchise, as well as, like, for me, like, it kind of begins and ends with the Peter Jackson movies. Right. Specifically, the, specifically Fellowship, Two Towers, and Returns. Right. And stuff. And so it, it kind of just begins and ends there. So it just might be me with adjustment period and stuff. And also... Yeah, like, it, I think if you have, like, my, my husband's a total nerd, and he's he's read all the books, plus Similarian, plus, like, what well, you know, like... Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff that they did, they did a lot of research to figure out what Tolkien's intent might have been. And all mm-hmm. of the people who are writers on it are deeply, in, you know, huge mm-hmm. fans of the content in the series and all of that. So like they all put their their most I think that it's just going to get better and better. You know, t- it takes a lot of time, especially when you're setting up something where you're world building the, the time before the Lord of the Rings takes place. Mm-hmm. This is hundreds of years before. So they have a lot on their plate to get done, you know? And I think that they're doing a great job. Personally, I'm super impressed with it. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. And like, I am like, I am going to continue watching the show and stuff. And like, I'm yeah. digging it so far. It's just, I think for me, it's just, it's just that one big, huge epic. It also took me like, because of my very hectic week, it yeah. took me a little while to actually like watch the series. Like yeah. I started, I think like at 10 p.m. I started the first episode at like 10 p.m. at night. And I think mm-hmm. I got halfway through it before I like conked out. Yeah, you gotta like sit down on a weekend and just watch watch them and you know, because there's a lot of stuff you gotta pay attention to because there's mm-hmm. Easter eggs and foreshadowing and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, but yeah, no, either way, I'm digging it. I'm probably gonna watch the next episode. And yeah, I'm moving on to our interview portion of, of the episode. Um, so Elena, what made you want to go into visual effects? Was there a particular inspiration or was it, was it something concrete in general? Well, it was kind of funny. So I started when I was at CalArts, they were talking 1999. My first industry job was, uh, I came in as an extra storyboard artist for the South Park movie. So that was like my first movie credit, (laughs) my first experience on a production. And that was 1999. And then the next year I almost got an internship at Pixar but because they only had a limited amount of spots, they had to. They were informed that even though they wanted to give me a spot, they could only take the the juniors and seniors, the mm. upperclassmen. So I ended up working at a video game company that was called um, Verant Interactive, but they became Sony Online. Um, mm. And I was working on Star Wars uh, Online, 
or it was called Star Wars Galaxies. So this was like the year 2000. And then that was my first experience working in games. I got to do a little bit of concept art. I got to do some animation and just kind of like learn a little bit about game development. My junior year that summer, I was offered an internship at The Simpsons. Mm. So I got to animate on a few episodes of The Simpsons and get my credit, you know, name in the credits, which was super cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then my senior year, when I graduated, there were just no 2D animation jobs. There's a recession. A lot of the jobs are just all going overseas. And I just wanted a job. So I went into video games and I went to this small independent developer called, they used to be called Paradox Development, but then they were bought out by uh, Midway. Mm. So they were called Midway LA. And I worked on some really crappy games there, like backyard wrestling. <laughs> And I worked on the X-Men Next Dimension, which was like a crappy fighting game. But so I ended up spending about eight years, eight or nine years in video games. And then um, I, did, I got an opportunity to work in Previs. And I worked on the journey to the center of the earth, too. <laughs> and then after that, the company I was at, which is called Pixamondo, they were working on Terra Nova, which was a show about people going back in time with the dinosaurs. I remember that show. Yes. So I worked on that show for a year. And that was the first that gave me my visual effects reel so that I could get more jobs. So I stayed with Pixamondo for a couple of years. I ended up working on the show Grimm. I worked on Da Vinci's Demons. We also worked on some films. So I worked on the Snow White and the Huntsman and I worked on the Amazing Spider-Man, but just doing little, we didn't have any like large sequences. I worked on Red Tails. I worked on mm. Fast Five, but mm. I've worked on a lot of visual effects stuff there. And then I got laid off in 2012 and ended up going to Scanline and I worked on the Tony's Mansion scene from Iron Man 3. Oh, and then what? after- after that, after that job was done, I got to work at a, a previous company called um, Unit 11, and they were kind of like the right hand for Michael Bay. So mm. we worked on Transformers 4. And then later that year, I worked on, <laughs> I worked on the um, Pirates 5 for like three or four weeks before they got shut it down because uh, John Carter and the what was the other one with Army Hammer and Lone Ranger? Uh, Lone Ranger. Those have done so badly that Disney decided they're not doing live action films for a while. So I got laid off from that, but then oh. got rehired to work on the first Ninja Turtles movie that the um, Bay produced. And so I was doing previs for a while because the next job I got from after that was working on Hunger Games, the, like the very last Hunger Games movie, doing some previs there. And then I worked on that crappy Josh Trank fan Fantastic Four movie. Oh, whoa, that whoa, 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 mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, oh, 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 my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Did I just <laughs> insult you? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're like, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that off camera. Okay. I, I but, um, yeah, I, I was working on set there. So we were in the de art department, which was a really cool experience because we were watching them build props and do miniatures and all that stuff. But basically I got into VFX kind of like, you know, I just kind of fell into it because I had gotten mm -hmm. hired at Fix Mondo and then I just kept getting more projects to work on. Mm. Um, and then in 2020, I can't remember. Oh, I was working on a, a Avatar 2 and 3 over at Lightstorm. And I just had a bad experience there. So mm. I ended up quitting because my, I had a supervisor that was really, really rude. And I just didn't feel like I should have to take that. So I ended up yeah, going you shouldn't to, have to. 
Yeah. Especially. Yeah. So okay. I ended up working on perfect dark, the new perfect dark game for about a year. And then, um, third floor, the third floor, um, wanted me to come over to work with them and possibly be a lead and stuff. And there was just a lot of like stuff that had gone on at Encore when I worked on the DCs, like the CW shows that had like kind of crushed my confidence. So mm. I kind of like fumbled that one, <laughs> mm. but, um, yeah, I've kind of jumped back and forth between video games, but I, I prefer VFX. Um, even if it's just previs and post viz, like I just prefer the, you know, the, yeah. like storytelling and stuff. And the thing about video game development is it, it takes forever <laughs> and there's a lot of like the pace of it is just so much slower. And I just personality wise, I prefer a faster pace. You know yeah. what I mean? That makes sense. Um, that and makes that's, sense. that's VFX and especially previs, the, the rapid iteration, um, a lot of problem solving, you know, and, and not every animator enjoys previs or can even do it because you have to have a lot of like generalist skills and not every like especially if you've been in a feature animator or you've been mm -hmm. working in like high level stuff the effects you are just there to be a good animator <laughs> you're not mm -hmm. expected to know all this other stuff yeah well yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's kind, uh, of, it's kind of fun to be able to jump back and forth between the two yeah and that actually leads me into my next um and you might have talked about this earlier but uh, has there ever been a project you had like massive difficulty and like in terms of just trying to understand like especially as you're like working with previous and stuff and trying to understand like what the filmmaker or client wants like they're not being either descriptive or they just have, like oh um, yeah all the time <laughs> but usually that's usually you have a supervisor that is good at you know um decoding what they're trying to say you know mm -hmm. most of the time I'm not that supervisor. So I just rely on the people above me, the producer mm -hmm. and the supervisor to give me good notes, you know, but there, there's always like this production. I worked on Spider-Man No Way Home as a previs animator and as a fi finals animator last year. And mm. I can just say that my supervisor was constantly pissed off and stressed out because the way that Marvel likes to do things is just throw tons of money at it, try all these different things. And then, you know, <laughs> it's just a mess. You don't want to see how the sausage is made. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, considering all the recent stuff, I'm like, yep, 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 yeah, yep, yep. Um. Anyways, actually, that kind of leads into something. To my next question, actually, in like, what way could the industry be better about VFX? And also, you know, the whole thing, and we kind of touched on this a bit earlier about like how sometimes like general audiences will complain about like effects and stuff. Mm -hmm. What should general audience uh, know about when it comes to like making these effects? Well, I would say that a lot of times, like the most recent example I can think of is uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Mm -hmm. And what happens sometimes is producers and directors just keep changing their minds or keep want to try, they keep want to try, try, they keep wanting to try other things, but then they run out the clock. It's not that the previous or that visual effects artists aren't talented and don't know what they're doing. It's that they can only do what they're asked to do. And if they're constantly asked to change things. So you get an example like the Duffer brothers, who I think are really great filmmakers and stuff. But and I don't know the details because I didn't work on the show, but I know that they put the effects artists through the meat grinder and they were um, submitting the show to Netflix for, on opening night with unfinished VFX. So they then, yeah, that they then you know, re-uploaded with final effects. I don't know the details because I didn't work on it, but I know that that's kind of irresponsible, but it happens all the time. Yeah, so. no, it is kind of. And like, what the, 
Yeah. <laughs> so just like, just, I just want people to understand that if there's bad CG, it's oftentimes not the effects artist's fault. It's just production and whatever the client, you know, a lot of these studios do not hire you unless you can, you can produce, like mm -hmm. they're not just hiring any old idiot off the street. Like you have to have the credentials, the demo reel, like, you know, if something comes out looking bad, it's oftentimes down to leadership problems. It's not mm -hmm. the artist's fault. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And like, and that's also something to just keep in mind as well. Just like when it comes to visual effects, again, I, I mentioned this earlier and stuff, but like, you guys are the experts. You guys know what the hell to do. So like, mm -hmm. I feel like everything should just be left, be left to, well, not really left to you guys, but like, just like, you guys shouldn't be making most of the decisions and stuff. Yeah. And, like, and, and people like, just need to realize that like you most of the people complaining and making these, you know, clickbaity articles and shit have never worked in this pipeline. They don't know anything about how it's made, uh -huh. but they just want they just want the easy quick click of like, ooh, look, we're making fun of things. Let's all pile on. And they don't they've never made anything. They don't know what it's like. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely, I just definitely. tend to ignore them. Yeah, no, no. And that's probably <laughs> and that's probably good. Because honestly, like screw those people. Seriously. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, but anyways, let's end off. Let's let's end off this with a somewhat fun question. Uh, when it comes to the vast amount of projects you've worked on, whether it be from the video game, uh, the video games you've done in the video game world to TV to film, um, which one did you have the most fun with, and why? Okay, so I would say between I would say Terra Nova and then Avengers: Age of Ultron were my funnest projects. But then recently, what was I working on where I was having a lot of fun? I had a lot of fun on the first couple seasons of Flash and Supergirl as well. Like I got to do uh, previs and then take those previs shots to final. It was a very fun, fast moving time, um, but it's generally VFX stuff in VFX was my favorite. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's that's awesome and stuff. And like I just so full confession and my co-host is also a fan of this. We were we were fans of the Arrowverse for a while oh you were oh yeah, cool we, we we were um we we kind of dropped off um mainly around 2020 2021 um mm -hmm. mainly because we just were like we're, we're we love the series but we're we're, we're kind of just well bad. yeah they, they kind of they kind of just drag drug it on because <laughs> so after a certain point the writing just got really bland and it just got very repetitive like especially with the flash and like it's just another speedster chasing him around you know? yeah, no, like, like the stories just became so kind of recycled yeah and like, yeah yeah and like just crisis and just yeah. after crisis it's just like yeah and like uh, i love doing the crossovers though those were so fun oh yeah oh the cross oh that that must have been fun that must honestly yeah. been fun but yeah no but either way uh but yeah no and i believe that's that does it for today so yeah thank you so much for coming on uh, i really do appreciate pleasure. it and like i had so much fun talking with you about the detail three stuff the effects stuff and Me just too. overall just Thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on. And um, yeah, we can talk about stuff offline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, <laughs> but other yeah. more detailed stuff. But um, yeah, yeah no. I just really love VFX and people should just like, you know, appreciate how hard people work for their amusement. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. 1,000%. 1,000%. So yeah, that does it for our podcast. And I'll see everyone later. Also, feel free to follow us on all the social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email about anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. Bye bye. Okay, great. Bye. bye.